Oh, my goodness, is all I can say. You know, the the fun of being a radio host is supplanted entirely by the, the necessity of the news cycle. And today it's been dominated really by the Israel story. The calls are about the Israel story. I, I understand why. We talked to UAW a little bit. We're going to hopefully get into the GOP blockade, if you will, after uh, McCarthy's ouster here shortly. But let's go back to the phones and make sure that we are being fair to everyone who's willing to hold on. Vincent Northville, you have some insight onto the big problem that may be headed our way. What is that, my friend? Basically, you're looking at global war, and let me explain why. Every time the Israelis have gone up against the Palestinians and start kicking their butt thoroughly, We always send a peace delegation over from the U.S. to say, okay, guys, you've made your point. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Well, what has happened on Saturday? There's going to be no peace delegation. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Benjamin Netanyahu has taken the gloves off. He's activated every military-aged Israeli in Israel. He is going to roll over the Palestinians, and he's going to start killing tens of thousands of them. And what's going to happen is the United States is going to ask him to stop. And he's going to tell the United States, nope, we are going to kill the next generation of terrorists. They're going to try to kill us. And he is going to wipe them out in one fail swoop. Mm -hmm. This is going to trigger a global jihad with every Muslim nation across the world. When they start seeing Palestinians stacked up like cordwood, What's going to happen is they are going to rally the cry. Every Muslim nation from Jordan, Egypt, Iran are going to descend on Israel. And I'm telling you what, you better tell your kids to get ready for war. Because now we just pulled the carrier group out of the coast of Taiwan. Vince, listen. What kind of message did we just send China? Your, you can take Taiwan now. Your fear, Vince, is rational and it's fractional compared to the men and women and the kids who are on the ground in the Middle East who are experiencing this firsthand. Well said. Uh, as we as we unpack all this, a lot of it comes down to the funding of this and the aid that we're going to be able to help. And I am very interested to talk to Ryan Schmelz, who's a Fox News correspondent. And, and Ryan, everything that's been going on in the GOP, this has got to be now on the president in terms of a, a circumstance that wouldn't be, have been prevented by. But certainly this is going to be weighing heavily on the GOP's mind as they try and find someone to fill the vacated McCarthy role. What say you? Speaker McCarthy just speaking to the press not too long ago, a couple like about an hour ago, and he was very adamant that, you know, this is a huge problem. And he's looking at the fact that, you know, what if we didn't have the government open right now? What if we didn't, uh, you know, we if we had troops that were supposed to be attached with the, our national security who didn't get, you know, the money they had when we have these terrorist attacks going on. And, and certainly he used that as an opportunity to kind of swipe at those who, you know, were angry at him for deciding to, to keep the government open. So it certainly is something that's being discussed quite uh, extensively within Republican circles, for sure. Yeah, Ryan, and listen, let, let's talk to us all like we're kids and we don't really understand the inner workings or the finer points of, of the government. Everyone knows that McCarthy got booted and, and in some ways based on the, the policy that he agreed to come in under. Where does it stand now? How soon can they get somebody in there? What does that actual process look like? And who's the front runner at this moment to take over the chair? So what we're looking at right now is we are looking at a conference meeting happening tonight behind closed doors. Then they will have a candidate form likely tomorrow, 
uh, behind closed doors as well. And then Wednesday, they are expected to elect their speaker candidate. And then on Thursday, they are expected to have the, the, the public vote before the House of Representatives, which is the formal process they normally do. And you have uh, Jim Jordan, who's from the state to the south of you, uh, who is one of the candidates. And you also have Steve Scalise, the majority leader. And these two candidates are certainly racking up the endorsements. They're the only ones who are declared. But there are some who would like to see Speaker McCarthy reinstated. So there's a lot of talks and a lot of rumblings. And Speaker McCarthy kind of danced around that question when he was pressed about it earlier. But he did tell Hugh Hewitt that he's up for it if, uh, if, if, if you know, he has the backing of his conference. Yeah, Ryan, you know, in my talks with the Little Birdie, one of them had mentioned that one of the items up for um, inclusion was the idea that anybody going into the seat, should they take it over from McCarthy and he doesn't, you know, get re- you know, reelected, so to speak, might include language that does not allow for this kind of thing to happen again. Have you seen that also? Yes, yes, they have. I, I've, I've spoken to several sources. We've had, I think, a couple of stories that have aired with uh, interviews with members of Congress where we've talked about, you know, what what needs to change. And you have a number of them who are pushing for fundamental changes to the motion of vacate. You know, some of them aren't opposed to having it there. They just would like to make it a little bit tougher for you to be able to remove the Speaker of the House rather than having just one person come up and issue the motion. And next thing you know, we're having a vote on the House floor. Um, that's some of the things we've seen talked about where we're seeing Republicans who are signing on to a letter to say that they want to see a, uh, the threshold uh, to be voted out of conference as the speaker uh, changed so that when, in fact, they select a speaker of the House, they do not run into the issues that McCarthy had where they're voting 15 rounds over and over again. You have to have that required number voted out of conference. So therefore, they have to air all of their dirty laundry, as one lawmaker told me out of uh, pretty much in private. What was that threshold during McCarthy's event and what are they proposing that it should be? Do you know? I don't I don't I'm not quite sure what the number was. I believe it was around that 212 mark, which was not the majority. So he still needed uh, some people to say no to him and it it wouldn't reach there. That's why you saw 15 rounds go over and over again. So they want to hash this out behind closed doors so that when they come before the House floor, they likely have some type of unified front and they can move on. Okay, so here, Ryan, with your insider knowledge, without mocking anybody on the floor, is there a collective eye rolling to any degree over Matt Getz's kind of grandstanding and just seemingly this his insatiable desire to be in front of the camera while he has not yet dealt with his own personal demons that have just gone on for more than a year? I wouldn't know if there's any eye rolling going on. I think it's more like blatant anger towards them. I mean, it's not hard for us to be able to find a member of Congress who's willing to come on one of our shows or do an interview with us where they get the opportunity to just criticize Matt Gates, And you're seeing that from a number of different Republicans, moderates who aren't loyal to former President Trump. You've got people who've endorsed President Trump who are very hostile towards Matt Gates right now. He's got, he has angered a lot of people with the party. And I don't think it's much of a secret either because though plenty of them have been airing this out, out in the public. Yeah. Good grief. Okay. So Jim Jordan has always been a bit of a YouTube lightning rod. You know, he, he likes to do his own bit of grandstanding on the things that he, that he takes. Now that with all these allocations and bills that still need to be passed, like, you know, when the one um, in particular, let me check my notes here, but I mean the, the national defense act or the defense authorization act, that's got a lot of funding issues in it that the hard right kind of MAGA folks have really been looking for amendments on. And that has been bounced back and forth at what point does everyone come together here and say, let's just get past the, the, the stuff yeah. and get to the nitty gritty? So, so, so the NDAA has already been passed by the House. 
Um, it has been passed by the Senate. They look radically different. As you can imagine, the, the NDA was a very conservative NDAA in the House version. It was more of a bipartisan in the Senate. So you have a group of negotiators who are meeting uh, pretty much picked from the House side and picked from the Senate side. Uh, and I think, you know, Democrats and Republicans both get the staff, you know, whoever they want. And they're meeting and they're going to try to negotiate an NDAA that they feel makes both sides happy and, and can pass Congress. So uh, that's something that's still going on. I think that the top line number is kind of a dead deal where, you know, we know we're looking at over $800 billion in military spending and, and something like that. Yeah, yes, they cannot move on it until... Uh, there's a speaker chosen. But, you know, some of the sources I've talked with on that are still kind of confident as long as this speaker battle doesn't drag on forever. Does that, Ryan, does that bill, now that the Israel conflict is is obviously going full throttle, has that created any level of urgency at the federal level to get a new speaker in the chair because it's going to matter? Yes. No, no, there actually absolutely is a is a, uh, a push right now. Speaker McCarthy was saying this is this is wrong, that we don't have a speaker of the House right now. And we're dealing with something like this. You know, he needs to be organizing who gets security clearance and who's able to be in these classified briefings right now. So it certainly is a major concern for uh, former Speaker McCarthy and the, everyone else. Ryan, love it. The speed and the expertise is unparalleled. Thanks for joining us. Hey, listen, we're going to give everybody a break when we get back and we're going to talk about something passionate. How about a little bit of lions after the break? See you in a few.